0: Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. Tony will have a conversation today with one of the world's great influencers as they showcase the newest, hottest, and best trends from all walks of life.
1: Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. Thanks for joining in with us. Today, we're going to give you some pointers on finding out what you are best at doing And what to do with those qualities once they're discovered. Today, we call that your superpower, and the term has changed over the years, but you know what I mean. So let me ask you Do you know what your best qualities are? Are you certain of what you're best suited to do? Are you sure? Now, is this just what you're doing in business just to make money, or do you really know, hey, I'm really good at this, and that's what you're focusing on? And it's fine if you know the answer or don't know the answer, because I want to ask. What if you explored your superpower and you put that to use at your company? Wouldn't that make things a lot more fun? So anything besides just making money, I think, is more fun. While making money can be fun for a lot, we want a little bit more to it. So if we're really good at something and we explore that and we add that pizzazz, let's call it, I think it makes things a little bit better. Well, we're going to teach you about exploring your superpowers with Jason Miller. Get ready to look at your abilities like you never looked at them before. And later in this episode, we have an insider's brief about publishing a book. Would you like to publish a book? Should you publish? Have you published one before? Did it do as well as you would like? What do you need to know about publishing? We answer that and a whole lot more. Stay tuned for that later in this episode. And also, please listen for news from our sponsor. I've been doing this for nearly two decades, and I can tell you, It seriously helps you with taxes. Big time. Listen for news from Collective on how to save thousands on taxes if you act before June 30. Please listen for more information from Collective just ahead. And while we're at this, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. We want to help you get very successful at growing your business to a high level. In fact, we're going to help turn you into an elite entrepreneur. Meet Jason Miller. He's a seasoned CEO with overwhelming passion to help other business owners and CEOs succeed. And you can call him Jason the Bull because he takes no BS and no excuses from the people he serves. He's mentored thousands of people over two decades. And if I'm counting right, he's an active principal and chairman for 11 companies simultaneously right now. And I'm sure he's going to correct me on the count. It keeps growing. I think that says enough. Let's get into it and learn. Hi, Jason. Welcome to the Tony
2: D'Urso Show. Hey, Tony. It's great to be here, brother. Uh, It's an honor and a privilege to be on the show and uh, to really be able to share and help your audience. So thanks for having
1: me. The honor is mine. And you know, I've been waiting for this interview because I want to learn how to develop my best qualities in order to serve others. Because I think When we serve others, I really think that it's like we're extending ourselves. We're being, to quote an old phrase, we're being the best that we can be when we go and actually help others instead of just helping ourselves. You know, I see it as a difference. What I'd like to do, perhaps, is start from the beginning, Jason, with your backstory. How
2: did it all start for you? Yeah, well, it's it's a long story, so I'll keep it uh, as caged as possible here. but. I'm a farm kid. I'm a Montana farm boy. I grew up on a farm um, in Montana, grew up. uh, I don't ever like to say I, you know, grew up in life struggling or anything like that, because that's all relative, right? I I grew up, we had things that we needed and so on and so forth and didn't know any better. So I always say my parents provided. Uh, I felt like a millionaire as a kid, right? Because no matter what we we had clothes, we had food, we had a home, and uh, man, that's all it that really mattered. We were a small farm, and you know, my parents didn't make much money at all, but we always felt like we were rich um, as kids, and you know, but but that's the way I grew up, and they raised us to feel that way. My family's got a huge long line of military tradition, so I joined the military at seventeen spent 23 years in the military and retired from the military. Um, My parents were both entrepreneurial and my mom owned four or five businesses in town. My dad owned the farm. So that bug was just eating at me my first, you know, four or five years in the military. And I thought, man, I got to pursue that. It's like a hole in my, in my soul that I'm not pursuing. And you know, this may seem trivial, but starting way back then was a, a, uh, like not drop shipping, but I was getting product from overseas and selling it online and so on and so forth. And we grew that to a wonderful little business. And then the military was, it was tough to balance that kind of business. So I thought, well, maybe I should get into real estate, but I didn't want to get into real estate because I love business. So I thought, okay, well, I wonder if I can buy businesses and flip them like a real estate agent, right? So that's what I did. I started buying distressed companies and uh, off of a website, maybe it still exists today, called flippa.com. Um, you could buy internet-based type businesses and then raise them up a little bit, turn them and burn them, you know? And I did that just a bunch of times. Um, it was like being a real estate agent only for businesses. and. uh you know, I did that, and I found some gems in there, and I hang on to those gems, and, and some of them are still part of my companies today. 13, by the way. Um.
1: <laughs> I knew there were more than 11.
2: <laughs> so, you know, I went through the military career part, so on and so forth, and, and then I was going to retire, and I thought, man, you know what? I've got all this, all this institutional knowledge. And, and these, these superpowers that I have, and what am I going to do with them, right? And I thought, well, I could just open another consulting firm um, and just be another consulting firm. But I thought, how could I do that so much differently? And that's when the strategic advisor board model was born. And I thought, you know, I have, I believe you can't have any more than about three or four superpowers. So I thought, what if I find nine other people that have all the superpowers that are opposite of mine and that are CEOs? And that's exactly what I did. And I created a model like no other, and that is the strategic advisor board where we can go into a company and pretty much tell the CEO, hey, go on vacation. We'll see you in a year. We'll fix all your stuff for you. Um, We don't do that, but I'm just saying for the dramatic effect of it. And that's what we've been doing for the last six years. It's the, I'm the current sitting CEO of that company and the others I just run senior chair. And I, I love business. I loved my military career. And some people say, well, why didn't you do 30? Well, it got to the point where, you know, it didn't really make sense. I mean, you're taking orders from people that are, you know, it's nothing to do with being below you, but at some point you grow past that. Right. And it was just like, it's just time for me to go and, you know, move on to the next chapter of my life. And that's what I did. And we've been rocking it for the last six years, helping companies, you know, we took over a hundred companies through COVID successfully and helped them find their superpowers, uh, to be able to, to do those little micro movements and micro pivots and, and make themselves better. So that's the compressed story, Tony. <laughs> that's quite a story. And I
1: really like how that vision evolved. And I understand that there's money involved and money's good and we need it sure. to eat and all that, but I like to go beyond money. Why do you do it, Jason? What's your purpose behind this?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, for me, I'm not in that place in my life where where like money's, you know, a need because I've built generational wealth already. So, um, and, and even before that, before I didn't have that, it was always about, you know, put the people first and, you know, do a lot of good and leave a footprint. And after that, everything just seems to kind of fall in place. And I know people are like, oh yeah, sure it is. That's easy to say, right? And, and that didn't just come naturally, right? I mean, it, it comes over some time, obviously, and you have to build towards that. But the point is, is if you can get yourself out of the chase, stop chasing it. Because I see so many business owners that, that we work with, and I'm not talking like You know, solopreneurs, I'm talking about companies that are already doing $50, 60000000 million a year, and they're still chasing that money, constantly in that money chase. And that's where, you know, you start caging all that back a bit, and you just notice this natural growth happen. Because you're putting the people first versus putting the money versus putting, you know, man, I got to, you know, really track my p l and do all these things and do all this stuff and look at all my indicators and all these different things. It's important to do those things, right? But you also got to remember at the end of the day, it's people. It's all about people. It's about community. It's about building all of that community essence out. Because once you build a community, you no longer chase money. You don't need to chase money. Because the community will support you, and that's why I spend so much time on community building. Um, I mean, just one of my communities is over 300 CEOs, and it's the, I don't know, it's probably one of the biggest support groups in the world <laughs> just because um, not in number, but in willingness, right is everybody is so willing to share. And help each other through problems, through this and that. Great example. Um, I'll get, I'll give this great example. You know, Philip, remember Philip from, uh, our show? He, uh, he came down with cancer. Oh. And, you know, uh, his situation is, is difficult and, um, he's very much a solopreneur and he, uh, doesn't really have very good insurance and all that stuff. And I went to our community and I said, hey, guys, this is one of ours. This is one of our people. Let's help him through this. And we raised $15,000 in less than 24 hours to pay for his surgery. Absolutely amazing. That, that, my friend, is where it's at right there. And that's being able to build a community that's very supportive like that. And everything else will just fall in place. That's the key takeaway. Don't chase money. Let it fall in place very naturally because um, it will for sure. I'm living proof of that. <laughs> There's a lot that we need to learn from that. And I'm going to
1: go into that in just a little bit. We're talking about exploring your superpowers with Jason Miller. And you can find him at Strategic Advisor com. That's three words, strategicadvisorboard.com. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues, exploring your superpowers with Jason Miller. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hey, I know some things sound too good to be true, but in this particular case, it's absolutely real. You can save an average of $10,000 on 2023 taxes, but you have to do it now. And you can do this with Collective.com. If you're running a solo small business as a consultant or a software developer or coach, photographer, a content creator, graphic designer, or any number of freelancing or contracting work and you're making $60,000 or more in profit each year, you're going to love Collective. Let me tell you how it works. Collective is the all-in-one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs like you and I. They let you focus on your passion and not your paperwork because they handle just about everything, such as corporate formation and compliance paperwork, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, even payroll. Think about how much all of this costs, a CPA, a bookkeeper, a separate payroll solution, and more. Thousands of dollars are spent every year to just deal with this paperwork, and Collective handles all of this at a small fraction of the cost. And like I said in the intro of this episode, I've been doing this for nearly two decades, and it really is the real deal. But it gets better, because with your tax savings, Collective is the membership that easily pays for itself. So if you've already made money this year, but you don't have an S-Corp election right now through June 30, Collective can save you thousands of dollars on taxes in 2023 because they're able to legally backdate your S-Corp election to January 1st. Very important. In fact, Collective members save an average of $10,000 per year on taxes with this structure. So you just got to look into this. So again, Act before June 30th to save potentially thousands of dollars in 2023 taxes. Go to collective.com to save on taxes this year and have a team who knows what they're doing handle your setup, accounting, bookkeeping, and taxes, even your personal taxes. That's collective.com. And make sure to tell them Tony D-U-R-S-O sent you. And I'll spell that C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E dot com collective.com. All right, you're going to make a note of that and do that right after you finish listening to this episode, right? And make sure again, tell them Tony D'Urso sent you and you're going to save. You're listening to the Tony
0: D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDierso.com.
1: Now, back to the Tony dearso Show. All right, we're back on the Tony dearso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Exploring Your Superpowers with Jason Miller. And just a quick thank you that I sincerely appreciate you listening to my weekly shows with today's elite entrepreneurs. And if you like this show, please consider going to Apple Podcasts and give a cool review. Look up the Tony. D U R S O show and drop a kind one. Thanks so much for listening. And now back to the chat with Jason. Jason, let's get a little further into your vision path and your community building. That's absolutely astounding what you did. Hats off to you. And I wish uh, Philip a, a good surgery and good recovery. And yes, I met him last year mm-hmm. uh, on one of your on one of your shows. So I, I hope that all works out very well. And now on the superpower thing here, we listening here, we're entrepreneurs, we're business owners. I want to start with some of your superpowers. You talked about it. And how did you just discover that you had a superpower, that this was something to just really take up to another notch, another level?
2: And what did you do once you found out? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, all my military time in the career and in my career in the military, um, There's a lot of lessons that can come from the military, especially operationally speaking, right? Um, Because people say, well, why do you follow that model? And my answer is really simple. Been doing it for a couple hundred years, and it seems to be working out all right. (laughs) So so follow things that are proven, right? And then I took those operational skills, because every business at its core is operational, right? So. I took those same operational skills and I started applying those to business and I found that, you know, good project management, good ability to hyper grow and hyper scale, uh, be able to create these little micro pivots, um, these little things like that. They're all direct reflections of a lot of the things that I took away militarily from how the military operates. and. I just took that and I plugged that into the civilian business model and went, wow, no wonder that's so inefficient. (laughs) And it's not that the government's efficient. I'm not saying that. But the processes behind a lot of that at lower levels are very, very efficient because they have to be because there's lives on the line, right? So it creates a whole different dynamic operationally. Now, taking that operational experience and then plugging that into what is a typical business model, you can very quickly delineate where all of those specific um, choke points are in that business off of a simple process, nine-step process that we take every client through. It's amazing, actually, Tony, that most business owners don't even know they have choke points until we take them through this process. And it's like, you know, the light bulbs just start going off like crazy. So, you know, the superpower part of it, identifying that superpowers, everybody has them, right? Everybody, a three-year-old has superpowers. (laughs) So, so everybody has superpowers. The key is don't try to be an, don't try to be an expert at everything and make sure you surround yourself with the right people that have the superpowers that you don't have
1: so far I, one of the big takeaways is just focus on three or four yes. very key items that you're good at. Um, you may not have said it that way, but the way I kind of look at look at it is something that you're passionate about, that you really enjoy doing mm-hmm. that seems to come with not a whole lot of effort that, that may be a good way to, to define what we consider a superpower superpower. You can you can add more to it. And I'm looking through your list of uh, your, you know what to talk about and what you're good at. and there's just three points, <laughs> which is really interesting because you know some of us have a lot to say, but these three things are really packed. You just talked a little bit about it, and one of those points, just to say it from the superpower uh, side you're able to deal with hyper-growth and hyper-scale. And if there's something more you'd like to say on that to kind of put that all together, because that's really quite the superpower. I think everyone listening to this wants that one.
2: So tell us more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, you think about it, and a lot of people classify money versus people inside of a company completely incorrectly, right? So people think money... You know, money and people, growth and scale are the same thing. And it's actually very, they're very two quite different things when it comes to growth being people, procedures, you know, uh, operationally, all those things. That's the growth side of the company. That's the people side. The scale side's the money side, right? And That's your, you know, the money that comes into the company, money that goes out, so on and so forth. And one of the biggest challenges I see with a lot of companies is balancing those two things: balancing growth in people and balancing the scale in the money, right? So there's typically this offset balance of of how every company runs. You know, they've either knocked it out of the park for six months, and then they hired a bunch of employees, and now all of a sudden they're going down in a spiral. They have 60 employees. Now they got to lay people off, right? So balancing that money side and the people side is key, and you do that by running super lean. You got to run lean. You know, you don't hire one person to do one job that takes two hours a day, right? Why? Because now people are counting on you to uh feed their family, right? So you have to balance that out to where no matter where you are on that scale side during the year, because business ebbs and flows, right? All the time. It's never just oh hockey stick, you know, that's Harvard talk. <laughs> right. So it goes like this throughout the year: up and down, up and down, up and down. And the key is to delicately balance your staffing so it rides with those up and downs. That way, you don't have to let people go, hire people, let people go, hire people, let people go. It's just see it all the time. So you have to focus on balancing those two things out. And that's going, the, the answer, not to just give you a, you know, here's a problem. The answer to that is leaning out all your operational processes down to as lean as they can possibly be. And then you're assigning tasks and functions to people that you're using them in their ultimate capability and their ultimate superpower. And you're not overlapping um, responsibilities within teams. Because most of the time, most companies are 20% overstaffed at least, even up to 30% overstaffed, right? Right. It's kind of like uh, gosh, what was that show with Melton? Um, they've moved him around. He's finally ended up in the basement, and he wasn't even on payroll for two years. Office space. Office space.: <laughs> right. My most favorite of all. I <laughs> love that movie. <laughs> right. And here he hadn't even been on payroll for two years, right? Those are the things you have to get through those operational efficiencies. And most of the time as the CEO. You are not that person to do that. You need to either bring somebody in to help you through that, to do that, um, because you're too close to it, way too close to it. We all are that way. So being able to functionally make sure your teams are cross-functional, all these different things, um, to be able to run the company as lean as possible, you'll get this matched up growth and scale. And that's what makes it hyper, right? Because they match and they run with your business's ebbs and flows. And that allows you then to scale this side with this side. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from
1: the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues, exploring your superpowers with Jason Miller. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment.
0: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDierso.com.
1: Now, back to The Tony D'Urso Show. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Exploring Your Superpowers with Jason Miller. And you can check out my elite entrepreneur interviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can find and listen to just about every interview I ever recorded at tonydurso.com slash podcast. And I do mean all seven years of interviews are found on the master archives at tonydurso.com slash podcast. And now back to the chat with Jason. The next point that is one of your superpowers, and it really shows is, and you talked a little bit about this as well, but I want to focus on this now, is strategic and operational implementation.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very key. And and that even in itself right there is, uh, you know, when I talk about strategic implementation, strategic implementation is, it's more than just, I got an idea, go, right? It's, I got an idea, how do I get that idea from idea to full implementation, but then not implementation, but to success, right? You know, we all have a lot of good ideas. That doesn't mean they all need to end up on the table. (laughs) Some of them need to be taken out back behind the barn and shot. (laughs) So... I am a huge fan when I say operational implementation is we have a plan. We put an an operational uh, function together for that plan. Then we take it to market, see if the market wants it. And then if they don't want it, we don't launch it. It's a time thing, right? When it comes to this stuff. Uh, I think everybody would be familiar with the term pre-launch, Right. And a great example of this is courseware creation. A lot of people that go out and create courses, they'll go out and create this course. They'll spend eight weeks, nine weeks creating a course, try to launch it, and then it just goes down the can, right? It does nothing. Now you've spent nine weeks to create something nobody wanted. So instead, operationally, right, create an outline, create some of it, a small part of it, pre-launch it, pre-sell it. And then once you see the, that the market wants it, create the rest, sell, scale, right? So now maybe you only got two weeks tied into it versus nine or 10 weeks. So I'm a big believer operationally in the just-in-time methodology. It's my own method. <laughs> Do things just in time. So um, I hope that answered the question. It does. I like that. And again, I'm
1: going to ponder more about that. I am actually looking at putting a class together. It Mm -hmm. takes its time. It takes its strategy. Things change. There's so much behind it. And you want it to be just right. The last superpower I want to bring up, because you only have three. That's it. But you're running 13 companies, so it says something there. Micro pivots.
2: Yes, micro pivots. So everybody probably got used to, you know, 2021, 2022, the word pivot, right? Um, That used, the word was overused quite a bit, which is ironic because I got a magazine called pivot, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but here's the lesson I really learned and why the terminology micro pivot came about. A lot of the companies through the pandemic, what I learned was with a lot of those companies, by the time they got to me, we couldn't do strategies that were just big pivot strategies. They didn't have the capital to do it. They were already six or eight months uh, probably past closing their doors, right? Um, They should have, but they stayed alive somehow. So we had to figure out a way, how can we still help companies through the growth and scale process, but do it in a way that we create a big, like an overarching strategy, a bridging strategy that then had all these little micro movements in between that created revenue that could be rolled back in. To then create the next small scale and the next 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 next to get to the big scale, right? So, you know, instead of throwing quarters in the pond, we were just throwing pennies in the pond at first. So you threw 10 pennies in, 10 pennies created a dollar, right? So then we could take that 90 cents scale and then turn, burn, turn, burn with micro strategies, right? Therefore, the term micro pivot was born um, because that's what we're doing. We're doing these little tiny micro pivots that led to the big overarching pivot strategy that may have taken four to five months. An example of that, just so you have an example, you might remember the through the pandemic in New York, there was a small restaurant that was trying to figure out how to keep their doors open. And there was a promotion that was put out. Well, hey, if you do take out from us, we'll include a margarita for free and a roll of toilet paper, (laughs) right? So that was during the whole toilet paper shortage thing. And that was a micro pivot. So we made this little tiny micro pivot and that grew their orders by substantial actually. Because people like, we can't get toilet paper. Let's order takeout. <laughs> <laughs> and that grew their income. So then we could roll that back in, that revenue, that extra revenue back in to the next small micro pivot. And the next and the next. And that's how we got a lot of these companies through it. They didn't get rich during it, but the point was is we all knew it was going to end someday. So it was like, how do we micro pivot these companies? To continue growth and scale and get them through that without disabling them by go saying, well, you're a restaurant. We're going to turn you into a COVID testing site, (laughs) something like that. See, that's a massive pivot. When you think a pivot, you think, "Woo, that's like totally different. So they still got to do what they love to do. We just did it incrementally to keep their doors open
1: brilliant idea, brilliant strategy, something to really think about. And as I listen to this interview and we go through it, I'm thinking, how do we really discover what our true superpower is? We talked a little bit about it. I've made some comments on on it as well. Is there anything else that you can say that really is like, oh yeah, no, that's the one you got to focus on. This is how you do it. Any other tip or
2: help on that? Sometimes it's not about what you love. And that's one thing you got to keep in mind. It's not always about, I love to wake up every day and do this. Because just because you love to wake up every day and you like to whittle on a stick and make something, that doesn't make it a superpower, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> That's just something that you like to do. You know, I think of superpowers as it's something that, you know, you've identified inside that you do love to do, but you're extremely good at it. And that's, so, that's why I say you can only have a few. Because if you say you have like 10 things you have a superpower at, it's not even possible, right? Not really. I mean, I'm good at a lot of stuff. I was a sniper in the army. I'm a good shooter. I wouldn't say it's a superpower, <laughs> but I was really good at it and, and I did it for a lot of my career. But I wouldn't call it a superpower, you know? The things I can have the most control around and the things that I can take somewhere and share that with somebody else to really be able to take them to a different place, to me, that's what matters, right? So I look at uh, David Carter and Reggie Walker, two prior NFL players. They're clients of ours. They have a great uh, company. It's called the game within the game and they help young athletes through that experience of, you know, high school into college, and then potentially into uh, professional sports and, you know, great clients of mine and they have their experience and their superpowers comes from that sports experience. Right. But what they, the experience they didn't have was the, business side of that experience, right? So now I come in and couple those two together, it can't fail. (laughs) There is no failure in that. So know what your superpowers are. In their case, their superpowers were helping young people and so on and so forth. Not so much on the business side. That's when you lock your hands with somebody that, that has all the the superpowers that you don't have that's where the magic begins my friend right there
1: adding superpowers on top of superpowers makes that's right really good business it makes a lot of more fun that's it sounds great this is the tony D'Urso show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path just ahead the chat continues exploring your superpowers with jason miller but first It's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment.
0: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to tony at tonydierso.com. Now, back to the Tony
1: Dierso Show. All right, we're back on the Tony DiRso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Exploring Your Superpowers with Jason Miller. If you like this show so far, please remember our sponsor who made it possible. Collective helps you save potentially thousands in taxes. If you act fast, go to collective.com and tell them Tony, D-U-R-S-O, sent you. You'll make a note to do that right after listening to this interview, won't you? Thanks so much. And now, back to the chat with Jason. Jason, as I'm thinking through this, I'm thinking how you've developed and grown your business and businesses and added businesses. You talked a little bit about the challenge of the past couple of years, but how about the biggest failure? What was your biggest failure and how did you deal with that using
2: what you're really good at? Yeah, it's an easy one. And it's it's a bit emotionally charged, actually. Um, so one of my companies, I was the senior chair on the company and, um, and I got a call. Uh, it was in the morning. I got a call that my CEO, uh, and not just a CEO, she was a great friend of mine for 10 plus years and abruptly, no warning, no nothing, anything, had a brain aneurysm and died just like that. And I mean, that thrust me into just, uh, I, I like to say, you know, I've been shot at, I've had rockets over my head, all those things, and, and in the military and combat. And I felt that same feeling. It felt like a round hit me square in the chest and the plate and just knocked me down. The general manager came to me and she's like, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. And so it thrust me to, to, to take the CEO role of that company to only find out exactly how much trouble it was in right was in a lot of trouble and i wasn't sure if i was going to be able to pull it out and i did what i tell people to do i went to my mentors and i said i need some help here and you know one of my mentors he is a prior ceo of a fortune 50 company and a fortune 100 company and he's my next door neighbor and you know i love the guy to death and yeah. I leave a lot of checks on his counter. Um, <laughs> and you know, he was a big advocate, my team, my community, all of those people came together and rallied around me to, you know, help me through that situation. And, you know, I, there's a picture I actually posted. It's funny. This question came up because I posted it on LinkedIn yesterday and there's a picture of me with a pen. And a piece of paper up against my head like this, as I'm talking to that general manager on my fireplace, the hearth of the fireplace, and after I hung up, I got up and I had two choices. I can walk away, which wasn't an option, because I had employees to support there. Most of the clients from that were in that company we're actually clients from my other companies. So I couldn't let them down. Right. And, you know, I mean, it's one of those moments that define who you are. You know, you throw, you throw your rucksack on your back with all your tools and you go to work, your backpack full of tools and you go to work. And that company today is one of my most thriving companies that I have today. That general manager is now the CEO. <laughs> so <laughs> Great case
1: in point. Good job on taking care of that. Once again, we talked about exploring your superpowers with Jason Miller, and you can find him at strategicadvisorboard.com. Jason, great stories. I'm going to listen to this again and soak it up. And actually, I'm going to list down what I believe are my superpowers. I've never listed actually listed them down, I'm just gonna list down three instead of twenty-five. There you go. Little joke there. (laughs) Jason, I just want to thank you so much. You you've talked about some very startling points. I think we all need to take a look. Maybe a little micro pivot and make sure that we're really set well. Thank you so much. I really did appreciate it.
2: Oh, Tony, man, it's it's great to see you again, brother, from our last time we uh we got to talk and it's always a pleasure to have a great conversation with you. So thanks for having me on the show.
1: And here's an insider's brief on publishing a book. Would you like to publish a book? Do You think you should? Have you ever published one before? And did it do as well as you would like? Do you know what you need to know about publishing? Let's jump into this world and understand it a little bit better. With us is Chris O'Byrne, the CEO of Jet Launch Publishing, and he's also one of the directors of the Strategic Advisor Board. Jet Launch has published over 12,000 books, and they've worked with stars such as John Lee Dumas, Dan Sullivan, Joe Vitale, and many more. Chris believes that publishing is about more than just books. It's about creating a valuable brand, growing your authority, and attracting your clients. Let's get into it. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the show.
3: Hey, Tony. I'm super glad to be here.
1: Chris, there's so much to learn and talk about. So let's start at the top. Can you tell us, please, why is publishing a book a game changer for growing your business?
3: Yeah. So many people publish a book because they want to publish a book. It's just this dream they've had. It's sort of a fantasy. And all they think about is publishing the book. Or they think they're going to publish a book and then the book is all about, you know, making money through royalties. Uh, The smart person, the people that we love to work with are those entrepreneurs and business leaders that understand that a book can be one of the most powerful pieces of content they produce to build their business, build their authority become an influencer connect with hundreds and thousands of people get on podcasts all over the place and it is what I would call the king of content it has the ability to you create this content and not only are you there in a person's house on their phone in their mind you are they they're almost like your captive because they've got your book and they're they're it's just right there and, and you can talk to them any time of day. You can talk to them when it's most convenient for them, giving them it could be your sales pitch, it could be the valuable information you have for them that's going to change their life in some way. And so that the book is just one of those unique pieces of content that is always going to be available in- there. And it is, you know, they talk about how, uh, you know, long form sales copy, long sales letters are still the, you know, the way to go that the most effective kind of copy out there instead of these little short snippets all the time. And the book is, well, you, you don't get much longer content than a book. Although a book doesn't have to be really long, it's going to be long enough that you can get your message across, you can get your personality across, you are going to establish the no like and trust factor with your audience with your your ideal customers your and again it doesn't mean that you're strictly using it for a business it could be and it's very very powerful and we love that aspect of it that you're helping people build their business or or build their platform in some way but it's equally uh, useful and powerful for a nonprofit or somebody has some sort movement, or even just a passion that they're trying to get across to people. Uh, it's really, again, I call it the king of content because it is so, so powerful.
1: Chris, I have so many questions about it. This interview is not going to do it justice. I There's so much I want to comment, but there are some important questions I want to make sure that I ask to educate the listener. So let's just jump right into that. I would love for you to tell us about. Results based publishing.
3: So, result based publishing is a model where the publisher gets rewarded monetarily often. They get rewarded on how well the book does. So, if someone publishes a book and uses that to build their business, well, that model can be uh, structured so that the publisher gets to see something from that they they're invested in it so the results based it's like commission sales you're not going to get, get anything back if you don't put your heart and soul into that sales process if you don't throw everything into it and that's the same way with results based publishing you are you're, you're setting it up so that you have to be the publisher has to be as invested in the success of that book and the success of the business as a result of the power of the book as the business owner themselves.
1: I understand that. When I've published my first book, you know, I realized right away that I may as well have published it and put it in the forest on an easel and just left it there because nobody will know about it. Nobody. You have to really let people know about it. And it the promotion of the book is so, so important. And that's what propels books, is that promotion. And I've learned so much about that, but we'll get into that in just a moment. I wanted to make sure I, I uh, tackle the, a book. When I first wrote a book, it was just to get information out. But today, when re- people write a book, it's to get customers, it's business, it's to grow their own brand. So, I'd love it if you could tell us about your lead generation bestseller program and how that works.
3: Yeah. So, the the lead gen books, those are smaller books that are very niche and very specific. So, the ideal lead gen book is again, it's short and very easy for the prospect, the prospective customer to read absorb it uh it's it's entertaining you want to include stories you include your customers' stories the successes it's designed again to be very you know it's something that you can read in an hour or less and get all the information that you need to know to decide hey i want to work with this person whose you know book and business this belongs to and so uh It's about getting that message across. Now, a business could have several of these lead gen books. It doesn't have to be one. Many businesses have different aspects of what they do. They might do, well, I can't even think of something off the top of my head, but they do more than one thing, or there are more than one, you know, there's more than one department in a sense, uh, more than one service or different levels of their service. So each of those lead gen books can address those very specific aspects of what you do and the knowledge and expertise that you have in that area, and then that will then get into the right hands based on the subject matter. Somebody who, uh, who does this very well is Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach, and we've helped design uh, a lot of the ebooks that they do. They, Dan keeps pumping these books out. Once a quarter, I believe, is his schedule. And every one of them is about something different, but every one of them is ties right back into what he does at Strategic Coach and how he can help people, but he's giving all this great value. He's telling you exactly what you need to know about that small aspect of what he provides. And those are some of the most powerful lead gen books that I've seen out there.
1: That's very interesting. I would love to know more about that. Now, as I understand it, if we go to jetlaunch.net, that's J-E-T-L-A-U-N-C-H dot net, we can find out more about your program, your your lead gen books, your your everything that you do.
3: Yep, absolutely. And there, when you get there, you'll see two big buttons. One is authors and the other is publishers, because about half of our business now is providing all of these same services for other publishers. There are hundreds of independent publishers out there. And so we provide those same design, the editing and the design and the publishing and all those different pieces for publishers, as well as doing it directly with authors so that uh, everybody gets served in the process.
1: Thank you so much for explaining that. I'm very interested in some of the services myself. And again, I. Recommend everyone check out jetlaunch.net. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Absolutely. It was my pleasure.
1: Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. In a big way, we discussed exploring your superpowers with Jason Miller. We talked about his superpowers. How did he discover them? And more importantly, what did he do once he found out? And again, just to refresh you, just three or so is all you really need to focus on, not 25. We talked about hyper growth, hyper scale. That's one of his superpowers. Strategic and operational implementation. Micro pivots. We talked about how do we really discover what our superpower is? I talked about, well, let's do something that we really love, that we're passionate about. Well, that may be in there, that's part of it, but Jason really gives a very definitive answer to what is our superpower. Not that, hey, I like to wake up in the morning and drink coffee. Well, I wonder if we could really make a superpower out of that and get paid for it. The thing is, it's something that we feel we can excel at and do very, very well at. There's just a few, and we will need the help of others who have their own superpowers that can help us. And then together we can build a good organization. I'm going to let you listen to uh, this, listen to it again and really soak that up and tell me, what did we discuss that resonated with you? All right, let's use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. So good seeds do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this
0: week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go enjoy the weekend.